Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled, Is Fear a Small Thing? Chapter 42, and with God's help tonight, we will wrap it all together. Tonight is a special, special night. It is Lag Omer, the 33rd day of the Omer. It is the day that Rabbi Akiva's students, 24,000 of his students, stopped dying after a terrible plague. Talking about a plague, may today be the day that we celebrate the end of our plague. A dish, and you know what? We may even celebrate the day it's over. So uh, for the rest, for, f- further on. So let's let's look forward to that day. Additionally, today is the day that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai passed away, and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai asked that the day he passed away be a day of celebration. This afternoon, I had a staff meeting. And at the staff meeting, one of the things I, I shared was a picture. It says, warning, the teacher's in a bad mood, like danger zone, teacher in bad mood. You know, if the teacher's in a bad mood, it's a danger zone. Um, and the same thing, you know, if you go home and any, anybody's in a bad mood, it's a danger zone. Um, but Rabbi Shem Bayechai taught us that I want everybody to be celebrate, to be happy. When the Rebbe was not well, Back in 1978, he had a heart attack. The Rebbe, said, he, he encouraged everybody, he said, through happiness is how I'm going to get better. So we have to increase in happiness. May it be a beautiful, a happy day, a day of celebration, a day of revelation, and a day of just amazing things for all. So here we are. We're talking about fear of Hashem, respecting Hashem. And we said that it's a simple thing. It's not a big deal. Why is it not a big deal? Because Moshe Rabbeinu gave us all the power to know Hashem and fear Hashem. And we said last week, if you remember, we spoke about how naturally the solar system or all the planets should go from east, from west to east. That's how naturally they should go. But Hashem created it that they go against their nature and they go from east to west because they're bowing down to Hashem. So we see constantly the world is recognizing Hashem and bowing down to Hashem. If you see a king, and you see everybody bowing down to the king, you're also going to bow down. It's going to have a little fear will come upon you. That's where we left off last week. Maisha Mendel, could you give me a thumbs up? Are we good? Good. The thing is, Maisha Mendel, we're not so good. We're not so good. Why are we not so good? Because the king, in our case, is covered by so, so many garments. Yes, when I look in front of me, I'm looking at a computer. This computer is a piece of Hashem. But I have to break apart quite a few layers to find Hashem within it. So, how could you compare it to a king? Mark, is the question 
a substantial question? Does it uh, does it do justice to questions? The question is a king you could see. However, Hashem, it's hard to see him. Very hard. So how are you comparing Hashem to a king? Well, we're learning here it's apples and apples. You fear a king when you see him. You fear Hashem when you see him. Ah, good point. It could be semantics. Mark, that's an outstanding point. The the, the uniqueness of Hasidus and the uniqueness of, not Hasidus, but uh, the depth of the Torah is that there's no semantics. If the Torah says something, it's true through and through. So, okay, so semantics aside. So how we, okay, so now what? I like that. Yes, Hashem could be king, and the king can't, be, can't always be God. Yes, well said. Tanya shares a technical a technicality. It says, if you see a king in the winter, and he has a deep, a thick fur coat, you don't have less fear of him than when in the summer he just has on one layer. The amounts of coats that he wears doesn't affect him. Doesn't affect, sorry, your respect of him, or your fear of him. Correct, and it doesn't affect your understanding of him. Meaning, if, if you and I truly believe that Hashem is inside of this computer that you're looking at, so we're all looking at different computers, but the computer that you, or the phone, whatever you're looking at, the device you're looking at, Hashem is inside of it. So the fact that he's concealed doesn't matter if we could come to the understanding that he's concealed within it, just like that king, that even if he's... <laughs> you ever saw the, this Purim costume? It's made to make you look like an alien. It's a full-body costume. It covers even your head. It's one piece. And you can't see who the person inside of it is. So does that mean that you're not going to have respect for the king? The king is there. He's staring at you, although you can't see his eyes. No. And that's what Tanya says right here. Although, and although many garments are involved in this investment, this, that Hashem is within everything. It may be through many garments, there is no difference or distinction at all in the fear of a mortal king, whether he be naked or robed in one or in many garments. You don't have less fear because he's wearing six coats, or no coat. And therefore, here comes a very essential point, which we talk about so much and we talk about so much, and still, I need, and still I need to work on this, because I still haven't gotten it, it still hasn't penetrated, and that is the idea of contemplation. To know that the thing that you're looking at is Hashem, the essential thing, in the words of Tanya, however, is the mental training to habituate one's mind and thought continuously, that it ever remain fixed in his heart and mind, that everything one sees with one's eyes, the heavens and earth and all that is therein, 
constitutes the outer garments of the king, the holy one, blessed be he. And in this, in this way, he will constantly be aware of their inwardness and vitality. So, we need to train ourselves. Mindfulness. Mindfulness. This is an old, old word, mindfulness. We just had different words for it. So today, the hot word is mindfulness. In the days of when 300 years ago, the word was contemplation. To be able to focus and lose yourself in what you're thinking about. To lose myself in the thought that within this pen, I'm not looking at a pen, but I'm looking at Melech Malchem Amlech Makadish Baruch the King of all kings. Moshe Mendel, is that possible? We could do this? We could do it? We could... <laughs> Gerishin, are we going to be able to do this? Good. Right, what are we going to do? Are we, are we going to be able to look at everything? Sorry, let's step back. Are we going to be able to contemplate, think, lose ourselves on the thought? And we, on which thought? That every single thing in this world is a piece of Hashem. Can we lose ourselves in that thought? Oh, 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 wait. Tell, tell me more about it. Tell me more about it. What's what's complicating about? Got it. I, I, I think what you're saying is that most kings don't let you throw them around like a pen. Shemela, are you answering the question or you're asking a question? But Gershon's asking a question. If I understand correctly. Gershon is asking... Well, he's not... I, sorry. You know what, Gershon, why am I talking for you? Why don't you clarify?
Fair. You know what? I appreciate the comment. And not for now, but it's a good point. It's a good point to understand how could I eat Hashem? When I'm eating a tomato, if it's Hashem, it, it's, it's kind of confusing, perhaps. I, I appreciate the question. But here, now we come to another point. Knowing that everything is Hashem, and I'm going to highlight here in, well, in the Tanya sentence, knowing that everything is Hashem, is this something that we believe or is it something that we know? And let me clarify what the question is. By the way, Usher, I just want to say, shout it out. It's delightful to have you here. Very exciting. Yes, yes. And Morabasha, although you're not chiming in, just uh, we're happy you're here as well. So. The question is, Knowing that this train, piece of a train track that my kids play with, knowing that this is Hashem, is this something that we could, we could know or is it something that we believe? And the question really lies in the fact that earlier in Tanya we learned that, that we naturally have this ability to believe. As Jewish people, we're mamin and b'nei mamin, and we're believers, son and son of believers, and we believe that everything comes from Hashem. But now we're saying that we can kind of train ourselves by focusing on it to know that everything comes from Hashem. So here, Tanya is going to share a fascinating thing. The word emuna could mean two things. It could mean faith, but emuna could also come from the word an uman. Uman, anybody? What does uman mean? Not like the city of Uman, which I know people like going to where Rabbi Nachman is buried. But uman could mean, say it again, Asher. Fantastic. An, art, an artist or a craftsman. And the reason an, a craftsman is called an uman is because you have to train yourself into a craft. In other words, practicing something makes you a craftsman. You don't you aren't born a potter. You train into it. You may have a natural instinct to it and that helps you release the, the talent within you. But we have to work on it. So the fact that we have a natural belief of Hashem is not enough. We have to be a craftsman. We have to practice it. We have to focus on it, thinking about it. So let's see that inside. This is also implicit in the word emuna faith, which is a term indicating training. Faith, emuna, could also mean to train, to which a man habituates himself like a craftsman who trains his hands and so forth. The best singers are constantly training their voices. The best teachers are constantly taking classes on how to teach even better. So the best believers are constantly working to believe even more. Now, however, and with this, Tanya is going to conclude the chapter 42. However, not everybody has the ability to truly no Hashem, it's very hard. It's hard. 
to really appreciate that every single thing in this world is a piece of Hashem. That's challenging. And not all of us have that ability. So does that mean we're stuck? And we're not going to be able to have a proper fear of Hashem? We're not going to be able to have these wings to allow our mitzvahs to fly? No. No. Why? Because one thing we can do is we could accept the yoke of heaven. Kabbalas oil malchus shemayim. Accepting the yoke of heaven. You know, when I was in yeshiva, this is not uh, one of the most complimentary stories. I, so when I was in yeshiva, there was a student, a relative of mine, who was having some challenges with the mashkiach. A mashkiach in yeshiva, he, you, he watches over the yeshiva, and if you come late, well, you have to deal with the mashkiach about it. If you miss a class, then if you miss, if you go and take off, you got to deal with the mashkiach. And this particular person, he wasn't properly showing up, and the mashkiach called him aside, they had a conversation, and, ha- and it happened for a few days. One day, this boy, as the mashkiach is walking into the yeshiva, he didn't let him in. He said, I'm not letting you in today. He said, I, 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 feel, I feel like you're not tr- feeding me properly. You're not treating me properly. He stood, he blocked the doors. So when the Rosh Yeshiva came, he said to the boy, you're out of yeshiva. You're out. You're out for a day, or a day or two. So I was, hey, like, what's what's the story here? You know. So I went to speak with the Rosh Yeshiva, and he shared with me that when he was younger, and he was in yeshiva, some boys broke into the yeshiva library, and they took books that they felt were inappropriate for the yeshiva to have and they t- and they got rid of them. So listen to the story. The boys, they're called kanoim, they're called zealots. They, they felt that they were doing the appropriate thing. They felt that it was inappropriate for the yeshiva to have these secular books, whatever they were, I don't know what the topic was. And they broke in and got rid of the books. But at the time, the head of the yeshiva and the rebbe was involved said, no, they have to leave yeshiva for a day or two. Why? Why? What's wrong? No more basha. Why do they need to leave yeshiva for a day or two? What's, what's wrong? They were zealots. They were doing something really amazing. Yes. Mark, what's the answer?
I appreciate that, Mark. I'll just say I'm happy you're not my principal. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's well, Usher. What do you think, Usher? Yes, and that is a lesson that I wanted to share. In Judaism, the foundation of everything is Kabbalah soil. In yeshiva, one of the focuses of a yeshiva is to teach students that you need to respect authority. Not that authority is always right. You know, in Yiddishkeit, right, it's a little interesting, but today's generation... The children think that they know more than their parents. They're better than their parents. Your parents are outdated. You know, the Gemara tells us the exact opposite. It says, if you call, if you, the, the Gemara basically says, if you say that we're humans, then our parents must have been angels. There's such a big emphasis on respecting your parents in Judaism. It gives you long life. One of the Ten Commandments. Why? Because the respect of your parents, the respect of Hashem, the respect of others, that is the foundation of, of Yiddishkeit. Kabbalah, Hillel, Hazak, Hillel told us the golden rule. And so if a student is missing this foundation, that's, a, that's, that's crucial. We need to address it. We need to deal with it. And so when we say, what could a Jew, someone who doesn't have the ability to focus and know that everything comes from Hashem, what can he do? Concludes chapter 42, there should also be a constant remembrance of the dictum of the rabbi, the blessed memory. Kabbalah's oil, malchus shamayim, acceptance of the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. Which parallels the injunction, you shall surely set a king over you. As has been explained elsewhere, and so on. For the Holy One, blessed be He, forgoes a higher and lower world and uniquely bestows His kingdom upon us, and we accept it. There's a massive world out there, and Hashem puts it all aside and says, Gershin, I'm here, I'm here for you. The whole, everything here is for you alone. And concludes Tanya for chapter 42. And that is why after we say Shema, we say Shema Yisrael. Listen, Yidin. Listen, Jewish people. Hashem, Malikin, Hashem is our God. Hashem is one. Everything is Hashem. What's the next thing we do? We bow down in Shemona Esrei. Now that, I've, now that I say everything is Hashem, now I'm going to accept the yoke of heaven. 
I'm going to bow down. Baruch at Hashem. We actually, we actually bow down. So first comes Shema, accepting the yoke of heaven, and then I'm going to do something act physical about it. I'm going to actually bow down. So with this concludes chapter 42. Chapter 42 saying that yes, fear is a simple thing because it's something natural to us. But we need to reveal it. We need to work on it. We have to think about how much how much Hashem has put aside from the entire creation on and looking at you and me. Gershon, was that a question? No. So what I'd like to do, I'm, I don't want to start chapter 43 to, three now. 